0: Spring of Life Fellowship and its pastor, Joaquin G. Molina, invites you to listen to a message of restoration and strengthening for your life. Be a part of the vision, changing the world. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for us being here, gathered to hear your word and to celebrate Jesus. Thank you that you've given us a heart to worship and to please you above all things. Prosper your word this morning in the hearts of your people. Allow us come to the place so that we can learn from what took place thousands of years ago. Give us a heart after your heart and allow us to walk in your ways, Lord. We give you thanks that we're upon the earth in this season in our generation to serve you according to your purpose. Prosper your word in the hearts of your people, Lord. As a good seed planted in each heart. As the bread of life that nourishes us. As a double-edged sword that penetrates to the depth of our being. Finish the good work you have begun, Lord. Perfect us. Mature us. Bring us to the place of your desire, Lord. That we might know, just like Esther understood, that we have come for such a time as this to the place where we stand. Give us the strength and the courage to participate in the manner that you desire. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. It seems to be that the story of Esther continues to repeat itself time and time again in the lives of those people that desire to live for God. It sets us in a place and in a time that we're able to consider a vast uh, number of events that, that take place in this book. Um, In the book of Romans, chapter 15, verse 4, the Bible says that these things were written, whatever things were written before were written for our learning. So uh, at best, as we consider what the celebration of Purim is in 2015, which was March 4th and March 5th this past week, we want to press in so that we like the Bible says, through patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. There's an incredible uh, storyline here, a manuscript of the book of Esther that gives us an understanding of how life works. And we do well to consider what's in this book and reap the blessings and the benefits of being those who celebrate uh, the feast of God's people. Many people are distant, many people are reluctant, but... We see that the Feast of Purim is a time to read word for word what is found in the book of Esther. And you do well, even though we just did a little synopsis in this video, that you do well this week to read and reconsider uh, attitudes and thoughts and dispositions so that we can line up with God's desire for our life. Um, In that course, uh, we... Discover that that here there's so many principles that we could um, that we can receive a blessing. The video says that the feast was only for seven days. It was actually the biggest party i 've ever heard of. It was declared for six months a hundred and eighty days i don 't know if you 've ever been to a party that 's been that long, um, but these people knew how to celebrate and they knew how to party. The Bible in the book of Esther says um, in verse two, it says, in those days, the king who sat on the throne of his kingdom on the third year of his reign made a feast for all his officials, for his nobles and princes uh, that would uh, appear before him. And he showed the splendor of his kingdom. Um, Verse 4, when he showed the riches of his glorious kingdom and the splendor of his excellence and the majesty for many days, 180 days in all, a six-month party. When these days were complete, verse 5, the lasting seven days, uh, the people were to sit around. And as they sat around for the following seven, the last seven days of this six-month party is when the king decides to call for his queen. Apparently, uh, uh, it's always been the case that a man's wife is the glory, the Bible says, of the husband. You're able to sow the capacity of your manhood, how you are able to adorn your wife. And if you're able to bring glory upon her, and that glory is shown off by a big smile, you would be considered a man fit for the season. Uh, he called for Vashti. And the Bible says that when he called for his wife to come, and the uh, he was doing this uh, in order to show off the splendor of his glory. He's going to say, look how I have the capacity to make a woman happy. Um, and there, the woman decided not to show up. Now, some people in ancient history say that she might have uh, been requested to show up without clothes. But, um, it might be that, she was, that he was so drunk that he was an embarrassment to her and caused shame. But the issue was that she refused to show up. Uh, and that, that has been the case throughout history. Many of the women that are married are totally embarrassed to uh, show forth. Uh, you know, um, there was a, a gentleman who says, you know, my wife doesn't uh, attend to the guest in my home. And every time the guests come over, she runs into the room and she hides. I said, well, let's go see this glorious kitchen you have prepared for your wife. And when I went in there, all the appliances were broken and all the, 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 the oven wasn't working and, and the kitchen affairs. And I said, it's not fair for you to want your wife to attend your guests if you haven't ma- made the provisions. So as a wise man that he was, he went out and bought brand new appliances for the entire kitchen. And he, he extended, he, he remodeled the kitchen and made it larger. And they're able to put now a, a dining room in, in that area. And now she comes down like Martha Stewart. She puts on her apron and she attends the guest. And that, that, is, that is the fashion of what needs to transpire in our day. Well, in the book of Esther, we see that because she refused to come out, uh, she was throwing her own party in verse 9. Which is a little bit worrisome. Uh, Esther chapter 1 verse 9 shows that she was displaced with respect. It says the Queen Vashti also made a feast for the women in the royal palace. Uh, So she was doing her own thing, disconnected from his mindset. And then all of a sudden she refused to come out and represent the kingdom. She she didn't want to live for that glory. Now, let me just tell you that when you're living life in an opposite purview, you trample the cause of God. God didn't create the woman to show off her own glory, but to manifest the glory of the house. Some women are so embarrassed to represent their husbands, they won't take their husband's last name. They continue with their uh, father's last name. And, and that's not to be. If you married a Gomez, you're to represent the Gomez family. You're not to represent the, the, the Johnson family. Uh, all these matters are issues that are happening in our present day. People don't understand that reality. Some of the young girls that are growing up in the houses will say, no, I want my dad's name to always be present. Well, the Bible says that you're not to do that. The Bible says that the legacy that you're to represent is the household of your husband and of the name your sons will take as a perpetual legacy. If you want to bring a curse upon your grandchildren's life, then you teach your daughter to hold on to her last name so that your, uh, your, your grandchildren are confused as to whether they are a Johnson or they are a Gonzalez. So the scenario is, becomes that we're to represent the interest of the man that we have married. That is what brings honor and glory to God. The Bible says when, a, when, when the world sees that submission, when the world sees that order, they will come to Christ. They will, they will see. They're, they're like, how, uh, how did this happen? How was the woman able to come in this order? Um, That represents a lot of problems for our day. I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, how is it that you ask a woman to come under the submission of a man who's less wise, less competent, less able? And Jesus told, you know, God told me Jesus did the same thing. Being God, he didn't grasp at that reputation, but took the form of a servant. And he submitted himself, and for this reason, he was given a name above all names. That at his, uh, uh, before him, every knee shall bow, every tongue confess. Now, obviously, this goes along with the principle of those that are humble shall be exalted. Those that, that are able to fall in God's order will be refreshed in God's presence. And there's a, a, an entire uh, clash of, of, of uh of culture and societies that are fighting with this. When we were teaching this principle in Colombia, uh, we were at a, a pastors' conference. There was 35 pastors, 35 churches represented, and I taught the principle of honor. And one of uh, the, the the wife of the main pastor, the senior pastor, at 2 o'clock in the morning, she woke up her husband and says, I need to ask your forgiveness. And he says, why? She says, we've been married 26 years and I have never taken on your last name. I have my father's last name. And my father's a drunk and my father is a womanizer and he's a disrespectful person. And here you're a pastor, you honor me, you serve our family. So from this day forward, I want to take on and represent your last name. And the man began to weep. Because this entire time, he had been disrespected. Now, I didn't know that that was taking place, but on Sunday morning, as she came to church, she was leading worship, and she says, I have an announcement to make. You imagine that all her daughters were following her example, and now all the pastor's wives were present, and she goes, last night, I asked my husband to forgive me. Because for all this time, I did not know I was disrespecting and dishonoring his legacy. And so, lo- according to that scenario, the man got up there and started weeping again. I said, ooh, I'm in trouble. But the truth of the matter is that we want the glory of the kingdom of God. We want the glory of his uh, design. And so that's why we have this book here, uh, and we continue to go forward. Um, it's Psalm 35 that talks about uh, the the setting of a woman is to take on the legacy of her husband's uh, name. And it says, it will no longer be the house of your father, but it will be the house of, of, your, of the descendants that you're raising up so that they could represent at um, Psalm 35. And let me see how I find this real quick because it's really important. And, and these, are, these are the principles that strike against, uh, strike against uh, this culture that we live in of dishonor and disrespect. We don't even know why we do it. Uh, we think it's a matter of opinion or a preference. Uh, but the truth of the matter is we're trampling God's destiny for our children. Uh, I had a case. I had a case where the wife was, she's married to her husband. Um, uh, There it is. It's 45. It's not 35. Verse 10. Psalm 45, verse 10. Listen, O daughter, and incline your ear. Forget your own people also and your father's house, so that the king will greatly desire your beauty because he is your Lord. Worship him. And then there he goes on to say in verse 16, instead of your fathers shall be your sons. Whom you shall make princes in all the lands, and I will make your name to be remembered in all generations. Therefore the people shall praise you forever and ever. Um, th- these, these are super important mysteries of the kingdom of God that the world does not know. They, they don't not practice. Uh, there's women that have their own bank accounts. The Bible says a house divided will not prosper. There's no prosperity in that well i have my money you have your money i have my way of doing things you have your way of doing things my friend it's time to read the book of esther and understand that that is only going to lead you to the principle of replacement you guys didn't like that one um you you get put away and now now there has to be a new start a new beginning and in that new beginning there are people like esther And they have a heart. You know what their heart is? Uh, I want to read it because it's so important. In Esther, the Bible says that her attitude, the secret of winning, there in chapter two, verse 15, Esther requested nothing but what the what the right yeah, the custodian, the eunuch. um, She requested nothing. She didn't want to look like anything she felt. She wanted to find out what does the king like. I mean, I like, you know, Paloma Picasso, but but if he likes something else, I'm shh, because I want to attract the king. And that is the nature of a faithful daughter. She's not into herself. She's not uh, walking in that mindset. Uh, These principles of Esther are deep. She wanted nothing. Uh, and so because she was denying herself and you guys should you guys should underline that she requested nothing but what the king's eunuch and custodian advised what is the holy spirit telling you that jesus wants forget about what you want let him groom you and we're living in a day and a time where you know they're doing their own things but they're ending up with 10 husbands Pamela Anderson is one of the starlights of our generation. She can't keep a husband. In the prior generation, it was Elizabeth Taylor. Eleven husbands. They're not being able to walk in wisdom. So Esther obtained favor in the sight of all who saw her. Listen to me. There's nothing uglier than selfishness. There's nothing uglier than being a selfish. You know, somebody was saying that when you're, The Bible says a woman who lacks discretion is like a pig with earrings on. Uh, And somebody was saying this last week, a preacher, when we went up to Chicago, he says a pig with lipstick is still a a pig. You don't want to be selfish. You want to tell God, let me deny this this character in me where everybody is serving me. that's That's not attractive. That is ugly as sin, right? So then verse 17 says, you can either say amen or ouch. I don't, I don't have a preference. You can say amen or ouch. The king loved Esther more than all the other women. I'm, I'm going to tell you why he loved the, the, her more than the rest of the women. We'll say that now. And she obtained grace and favor in his sight more than all the virgins. So he set a royal crown upon her and made her the queen instead of Vashti. Vashti did not want to come out. The Bible says, um, not the Bible, the Bible scholars say that Vashti is a sign of the Jewish people. That when God called the Jewish people and selected them, you guys are going to be my people upon the earth. Come out and show all the other nations how glorious it is to be my queen. They did not want it. They wanted to be like the other nations. So then God chose the church. And now the church is saying, whatever the Holy Spirit wants, let the church groom me. I want to look like Jesus. I want to have the fragrance that attracts Jesus. And, and we know that Jesus is not attracted by selfishness. How many know that? He's attracted by love. And love is denying yourself. And if you want to see the glory of God, walk in that mindset. But as we read um, this, this book of Esther in chapter 2, the, the preparation time, listen to me. I didn't know this. Preparation time, 12 months. Six months rubbing uh, myrrh, b- being, being given something uh, very uh, amazing. So six months, they were, they were being prepared, and uh, six months with something else that they would, they would put on these women. So it says uh, the preparations given to them for, for 12 months, they're to undergo this process of beautification. But listen what it says here with respect to, uh, let's go to chapter 2 in verse 12. Each woman, young woman turn came to go into King and she had completed 12 months of preparation according to the regulations for the women. For thus were the days of their preparation, a portion six months with oil of myrrh and six months with perfumes and preparations. Thus prepared each young woman, uh thus prepared, each young woman went to the king, verse thirteen, and she was given whatever she desired to take with her from the woman's quarter. Whatever she wanted, she took. In the evening she went in, and in the morning she returned. She would not go in to the king unless he uh, was delighted and called upon her. So every other woman took what they wanted. And Esther was saying, You know something? I want to do whatever the king desires. I want to listen. I want to put my heart aligned up with the king. Um, We do well in understanding these matters. Uh, Our dealings with uh, the people that are in our life will determine our destiny. We don't want to have a falling out. Here in the chapter two, Mordecai comes over. Uh, We we learn that... that, um, We learn that... uh, we learned that Esther, whose Jewish name is Hadassah, and uh, this Jewish uh, this Jewish name Hadassah uh, means myrtle. Uh, it's laughter. There's nothing that makes a woman more beautiful than a smile on her face. Have you seen a woman who doesn't smile? Qué fea. Qué horrible. Qué horrible that the, the frown you know there's nothing uglier than a woman who doesn't smile so all of you guys started just smiling right now um, here it is that when uh, women have asked me in the past and men have asked me well, why does my wife have that look on her face i said because she's the glory of you my friend if you go look in the mirror that same frown is on your face she'll take on the reflection of your character if you're insecure, if you have fear in your heart, your wife will reflect that anxiety and that despair. So our assurance is in Christ, in his presence, in a devotion with the Lord. And that breeds the confidence and security in the life of our wife. You'll see this in the life of men that put God off. They're like, I don't have time to seek God. I don't put God first. I have God. at Their wives are a wreck. They become addicted to all sorts of pills. Um, anxiety and depression grasp their hearts. So all these things are there in this book, and, and we're seeing them move. Now, as an orphan, I want to take some time to understand, because the Bible says there that that, um, that Mordecai is the name of an individual that shows up there. Um, there it is in verse 5, chapter 2, verse 5. In Sashan, the city, there was a certain man, a Jew, whose name was Mordecai. Uh, this man had been carried off as a slave. And so he had, was carried off by the king of Babylon. And Mordecai had brought up, verse 7, here it is. Mordecai had brought up Hadassah. Uh, again, that, that name Myrtle. Uh, that is Esther, and the name Esther is Star. She's, you can see her brightly shining. Her, her joy was seen by all the people. And his uncle's daughter, they were related. And he had ne- she had neither a father nor a mother. I always tell an orphan, God wants to tell a glorious story through your life. Follow it, be on task with God's uh, manuscript for your life because it's amazing. Uh, the Bible says, When my father and my mother leave me, the Lord will take me up and he'll provide all the conditions. Now, if you don't know that, you might allow the devil to wreck your life. So Mordecai took her as his own daughter. Uh, The same uh, reflection is made there that Mordecai is a type of the Holy Spirit. He's the one that mentors us. I don't leave you as orphans. I'll send my Holy Spirit, and he shall direct your paths. So that that affinity with the Spirit of God leads you as a father. Um, The Bible says in Romans um, 8, verse 15, it says that... uh, we're no longer given a spirit of bondage and fear, but we've been given another spirit that allows us to cry out, Abba, Father. It's the spirit of God that embraces you. And, and one of the privileged people upon the earth are orphans. Every time I meet one, um, I tell them that. I, t- I tell them, you don't have a clue the favor of God upon your life, because God has decided that he would be your father. He would be your mentor. He would raise you up. So that heart of Mordecai is there in the book of Esther 2. It's the highest degree, the Bible says in James chapter 1, verse 27, the highest degree of spirituality is to take care uh, of, it says, pure and undefiled religion. Spiritual depth is, is to be with the orphans, take care of the widows. What are the orphans and widows missing? A father and a husband. So our greatest expression of spirituality is to be great husbands and great fathers. And so we're not only fathering our own biological children. If you walk as a selfish pig, that's what you do. You only take care of your children. But if you walk in the spirit of God, you are a father to nations. That's what Joseph was. He says, I'm going to be, Genesis 45, 8 says that he was a father to Pharaoh. How could Joseph be a father to Pharaoh? Because he walked in the spirit of the Lord. And the spirit of the Lord is to father the unfathered. So many times I would ask God, I would say, Lord, why would you give me a father like the one I have who wasn't spiritual, who didn't seek God, who wasn't a man of God? Why did you give me a father like that? He says, because where you were raised up in that weakness, I'm going to make you a strong father to all nations. Where you were messed up for a long time because you had a father that was not... Did not have the Spirit of God on him um, for, for the better part of my dad's life until he was 49. He did not surrender to Christ. So I asked the Lord, I said, why? And then I become a Christian, and you thought that the Christian spiritual dads would be great fathers, and they weren't. So here I said, Lord, I wanted to be a great biological son, and I didn't have a father that would correspond. I wanted to be a great spiritual son, and my spiritual fathers did not correspond. They did not want to take that responsibility. There are men like Mordecai who will adopt people to be their daughters. And I have many sons and I have many daughters. And and God will raise you up that you think life really stinks. He will make you a father to many. Why? Because in our deepest pain, God is able to give us compassion for the feelings of those that are living the things that we experience we can't comfort other people with the things we haven't been comforted with so all these things are here in the book of esther we see this process going on Um, there was a a manner of preparation There, there was the manner of being beautified the, the manner of not requesting anything but what pleases the king. That, that you know, it, it, it strikes me as odd. Here, after that scenario, we see the next episode. We see Haman come into the picture, and he's named number two of the entire Persian kingdom. How many think that that is awesome? And it's still not enough for him. He still gets bent out of shape because Mordecai doesn't want to bow down to him. So he gets into his own selfish pig world, um, and, and so uh, there it is. He starts plotting, and, and, and he, he wants this guy. Um, there, there's something about being a Christian. Guess what? Uh, not everybody's going to like us. I, I don't understand that concept. I, I really like everybody. I even like the people that don't like me. It's just just how I'm wired. Uh, I don't take personal offense. Thank God, because I think Jesus is wired like that, and I'm I'm following his footsteps. He's not offended by anybody. He's having a good time with everybody. And so along those lines, um, this guy is named number two, and he's crossing by Mordecai, and he says, why doesn't this guy acknowledge who I am? And Mordecai has his own issues with the Lord, and he says, no, because I'm only going to bow down to my God. And so he goes into the king, and he says to the king, you know something? These people, sooner or later, are going to be a problem to you. I I had a a man come up to me, and he says, you know something? I'm so sorry. And I said, what did I do to you? He goes, no, you didn't do anything, but I just hate your guts. It was his issue. It wasn't my issue. And I said, well, is there anything I said or did, or did I, could I do something different? He goes, no, 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 listen to me. It has nothing to do with you at all, at all. You haven't said anything. You haven't done anything. I just can't stand you. I said, oh, I'm sorry. Sorry about that. You know, I wish I, I, you know, I, wish I was attractive to you in a good sense of the word attracted. You know, I, I, I wish that, I, that when I came around, you would be happy. But so many people have issues. So Mordecai had those issues. And so he goes over to King and infects the King with his issues. And he tells the King, these people are going to be a problem sooner than later. So you should kill them all. And that is the same thing that is going on right now. The descendants of this spirit want to kill Israel. If you haven't seen the prime minister's uh, address to Congress, you should see it. Because he brings to memory, he says, actually it was this week. And he says, this is the week we celebrate Purim and this is the same thing that happened many thousands of years ago. They want to annihilate us again. And he says like this, for all of history, Israel has needed people to protect it. But now for the first time in history, we will protect ourselves and we will go through. And so this this makes for a very hairy political scenario upon the earth. That means there's gonna be a massive war taking place pretty soon. There's going to be real, you you better be plugged in to the landscape of what's happening upon the earth. Getting back to Mordecai, he causes the king to declare all Jewish people on the 12th month of the year, on the 13th day, we will kill you all. Haman, Haman, right? What did I say, Naaman? Is that Mordecai? Naaman? Haman. Okay, it's Haman. Okay, (laughs) Haman. Haman tells the king, on the 12th month Thirteenth day, we kill everyone who wants to please God. That's what a Jewish person is. Uh, The Hebrew word chosen. They're marked by God. How about if you got that declaration today on the Sunday's news, on the newspaper today. All Christians will be annihilated. Those who love Jesus Christ, those who serve, who want to bow down to nobody but Jesus, on the December of this year, you guys die. Obviously, that strikes an offense to all those who are Jewish. And so, Mordecai is going off the deep end. Prior to that, he's listening to a plot to kill the king. He saves the king's life. They hang the man in this treachery. We learn that, that whole thing of betrayal, disloyalty, treachery, uh, all those uh, subversive uh, actions that are in chapter 2. Um, here it is. They put Haman as prime minister and he tells the king, let's kill all the Jews. So now Mordecai is going nuts. Mordecai doesn't understand this and he uh, doesn't understand. This is a, a concept in the book of Esther. Why do bad people get appointed to high places? And why are they ragging on us? All that's part of the game. If Jesus, God says this in the book of Romans, I raise up enemies so that I could devour them so I could show you my power. When we go on missionary trips, I tell people all the time, there has to be scorpions and, and spiders and bats. There, there have to be all these things so that you can see how God beats them up how God gives you the victory over this. Thing. There's no joke going on a missionary trip and you're, you're at a hotel and you're getting... That's not a missionary trip. Go to where there's danger so you see how God delivers you from danger, right? And so the same thing is happening here with Mordecai. Uh, he hears about this. I, I want to go there in, um, in verse uh, 4, chapter 4, verse 1. When Mordecai learned all that had happened, he began to tear his clothes... And he began to throw sackcloth and ashes and went around the whole city with a loud and bitter cry. That sounds like your pastor. I'm upset at the fact that the devil wants to destroy our kids. There are people don't understand. Um, Esther has already been chosen to be the queen. She's doing great. She doesn't like to hear. Some people are like that. We're the church. Jesus Christ gave us the victory. Listen to me. He wants to slay your children. He wants to make your daughters marry ungodly people. He wants your sons to be effeminate. See, all the guys 12 and over should be on the front seat of this church. Why are they not? You, you guys answer that question. Why are the, the men that are like, rah, the, I'm gonna, I can't wait to, this is David. He wasn't of the age to go to war, but he went to the front lines. And he was willing to take a couple rocks, what he had, and kill giants. Why do we have, after 17 years of a world-changing church, young men sitting at the back of this church? Why? Because they have no courage. They're two rows from never coming back to church. Because they're going to marry a Vashti. They're going to marry an ungodly woman. And they're going to be out there trying to impress the world with, with the attractions of this world. They're not going to look like a world changer. They're not going to desire anything world changing. They should be at the front. If, if, if I had it my way, if people followed my example, before I became a pastor, long before, no one could take my first seat. And if all the first seats were taken, I'd be in the second row. But that's where the splash zone is. That's where you're connected to God. That's where you're saying, you know, no one's going to steal my portion. Unless they're serving like some of the guys are serving. They're on the cameras. They're at the doors. But if you you should be in the front row. You know what the book should be in, in on your lap with a highlighter. What should that be? It's the Bible. They don't even bring Bibles to church anymore. They they they're not interested. They don't understand the power. Paul says, "I'm not ashamed of the gospel. It's the power of God that will lead me to the highest expression of my existence upon the earth." But we'll see people that they, look what happens here. He was crying out loud. He was, he was being raven. And it says there, um, verse four, Esther's maids and eunuchs came and told her. And the, the queen was concerned. So she sent garments to clothe Mordecai. This guy's out there throwing a, why is he upset? Why is, listen to me. He knows what's going on. We've, We have lost, I've lost my nieces in this house. I've I've lost the daughters of men and women who sat here for 10 years. They're they're captive. They're outside of the will of God, outside of the purpose of God. They're not dressed in garments of praise. They're not wearing robes of righteousness. They don't know what honor is. They don't know what respect is. They can't respect their husband. They can't respect their family. They're, They're raising up children. I I ran into a little girl yesterday, uh, seven years old, and and her mom used to go and be part of our youth group. And she was like, Mom, who is he? You know who I am? I'm that family shepherd. I'm, I'm supposed to protect the sheep. I'm supposed to guard that little girl so she's not lost in this world with confused and ending up messed up. So she says, Mom, who is he? And and the mama says, well, that's Joaquin. And she ran up to me. She says, hey, Joaquin, do you know my dad? And I was like, no, I don't know your dad because your mom married for the second time now. You you know, And, and she goes, I said, introduce me to your dad. She says, come here, come here. This is my dad, Felipe. And I said, nice to meet you, sir. I don't have a clue. They're in this world lost without a shepherd. The, one of the only times Jesus cried in the Bible, found in I believe, is Matthew ten nine thirty-six. It says he came to Jerusalem and he looked over the landscape, and looking over the landscape, um, thirty-six. When he saw the multitude, he was moved with compassion. That means he began to cry, because they were weary, scattered like sheep, having no shepherd only time Jesus cries upon the earth is when he sees a people that don't have a pastor. That don't have the voice of somebody who protects them. They're just scattered. They're lost. And what is a, a, what is a shepherd? It says, uh, Numbers 27, 17. We're going to go to 16. Numbers 27, 16. Let the Lord, the God, the Spirit of all flesh, set a man over the congregation. You guys who are into rebellion that don't like... The fact that God sets a man over the congregation have serious issues. Over there with that selfish pig type of deal. You, you do not want somebody speaking to your life. you you just like, I don't want to. You might have been hurt in the past. I don't know what the issues are. But God brings Purim, reminding you of these things. Don't be like Lot's wife. Her eyes were where destruction, where judgment was. Her husband is moving in the right direction. God is leading him in the spirit of God. And you want to be stuck in yesterday. You'll never get to tomorrow. You have an issue in your spirit. So there at Numbers 27, 16, he says, God will set a man over the congregation. The God of the spirit of all flesh sets a man over the congregation. Why? Verse 17, that he might go out before them, that he might go in before them, so that he might lead them, so that he might bring them into the congregation of the Lord, so they be not like a sheep without shepherd. God doesn't want anybody. To be walking in this world without a mentor, without a spiritual father, without somebody taking care of their needs and their issues. So here it is in the book of Esther. When she says, uh, she finds out finally what Mordecai is feeling. If you're not feeling what the pastor is feeling, you got issue, my friend. I'm like, "Ah!" you better be like, "Ah!" whenever I'm freaking out, you should be freaking out. Because my, my. My appointment is to give my life for the sheep. Now, my appointment is not to get a paycheck and go home. I was telling a pastor last night at our house, there's no pastor that cares about the youth in any church. They, 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 have, they have other pastors. I'm, I'm terrified. I, I, I care about the little kids in Sunday school that nobody mess with them, with their faith, with their assurance, with a testimony. I remember when Brandon was like six years old, my youngest boy. And he, was, he, he grew up in the house of the Lord. And so he, he went over to me one day, and, and he, he had done something. And one of the, the main ushers, the guys that are, are sitting around guarding and, and representing Christ here when we, with regards to order, he had done something. One of the main guys did something to Brandon to disrespect him. Brandon was six years old. And Brandon came over to me and he says dad i said yes son what do you need he goes that man is not a christian six years old six years old so they know in the house of the lord who's a fake and a phony and who is playing games they know they know yeah let's give a hand to the lord they're supposed to grow up in the admonition and training of the Lord. So when they get to be 14 and 15 and 20 years old, they're in the front seat saying, Amen! That—that—that's that, Listen to me. I don't want my daughter to marry anybody in the back seat. I hope you're the same. You, you tell your daughter, anybody 10 rows back, they're lost. Let them be singles until they're 60. Let them continue to be selfish because they're only looking to please themselves. We're learning a lot for the Book of Purim. We're celebrating all out. This is what this is what God wanted when this whole plot is undone. Esther goes on and she she throws two parties because she's not fast. She's like, oh, um, she she shows up. Let's go to uh, Esther four fourteen, which is the principal verse in this entire book. She was scared to stand up to represent her God because it could cost her her life. Let me tell you right now, when you stand up for God, get ready because everybody's coming after you. When you're standing up and you're saying, I'm going to take a step in the right direction, everybody is going to want to bring you down. And so Mordecai says, for if you remain completely silent, if you don't become a real Christian, if you continue to be just, you know, you, you can't tell if you're a Christian or if you're Ricky Martin or who the heck are you? Living la vida loca or living loca por la vida. You know, being on fire for God. And letting everybody know that you know who you are. You know who your God is. And you know why you're here on the earth. You're here to be a man, a husband, and a father. And raise up a family and a standard in your generation when nobody wants to. You're either a clown, a puppet, or a prince. So that, that is the lines. There's no in between. If you completely are silent god is still going to have someone who will stand up listen it might not be you you might say i quit i throw the towel i tap out you you might but god's still going to have a prince and he's going to shine he's going to shine with the glory of god deliverance will arise from his people from another place and you and your father's house will perish your future my friend is a lost cause You think you have issues with your dad? Wait till you have children, how they're going to speak about you. You have issues with your dad? They're going to say, my dad was a putz also. He went to church when he was six and never got serious till he was 36, till he was 56, till he was 100. He never got serious. So today's a day to say, I will stand up. Yet who knows whether you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. It's no coincidence you're in here. It's no coincidence God has brought you to this place. We want the, intensi- the intensity, the intentionality, the seriousness of understanding these principles. They're all written here for our, for our understanding. Everything that was happening in Haman's life, he's setting up the whole time for the demise of Mordecai. He wants to destroy him. Who ends up dying? He's so taken by issues, he builds a hangman's noose, a gallows, to hang Mordecai. And all of a sudden, Esther throws two parties. And she says, I'm going to tell you at the first party. And then she says, let's have another party. I'll tell you then. And at the second party, that's when she lets loose. And she stands in the place of deliverance. She reveals herself to be a chosen of the Lord. She says, there's a man who has caused us to die. Me and my people. I can't live with that. And guess what? The king says, who is this man? And it is revealed that it's Haman. So all of a sudden, the king has Haman hung on, on the gallows that was dedicated to Mordecai. This is, this is how God turns everything. Matthew 10, 26 says, you might be having issues in your own private life. Those little arguments. I like the pastor. I don't like the pastor. I'm going to be a Christian. I'm not going to be a Christian. I'm going to be faithful. I'm not. Those are all your issues. At the end of the day, they all come out. For there is nothing covered that's not going to be revealed. Everything that you, every, every issue you have, every argument, all the things that are in there that nobody sees, we're going to see it. It's going to be revealed. It's going to be uncovered. You either will shine with the brightness of his glory, or you'll be filled with death and destruction and shame. There's nothing that's going to be hidden that will not be known. Verse 27. And the Bible says like this, and Jesus, for whatever I tell you in dark, speak in the light, whatever you hear in the ear, preach on the housetops, bring out and proclaim that God is the God and only he is worthy, that that you are his chosen vessel, that while there's enemies, we have the courage to come against them and stand for what's true. While we're orphans and we feel discouraged, God has provided the Holy Spirit. And people fill with the Holy Spirit to embrace us as fathers. Because father is not physical. Father is spiritual. Father is not biological. Father is spiritual. We have received a spirit that doesn't lead us to fear and bondage. As we continue to see the examples of Mordecai, it is there that he's declared to become... um, He's he's appointed now, since there's no more Haman, Haman got, got, they make Mordecai prime minister. They make him number two. And now he's creating laws. But you know, Haman had 10 sons. And they weren't listening to the new law of not killing the Jews. They said, he already said it, we're going to do it. So now you have all the Jewish people having to come up against the people that are the sons of Haman. And in this house, there's going to be the sons of Mordecai, the, the daughters of uh, of Esther, and there's going to be the sons of Haman. The ones that cannot stand the things of God. They want to eliminate him. If it was up to them, there wouldn't be a church. They, they find being in church as something wrong. Luke chapter twenty two thirty one. 31, the spirit is coming up against us all. What is the spirit? There's a spirit that desires to sift us as wheat. When Jesus told Peter, he says, Simon, Simon, indeed Satan has asked for you that he might sift you as wheat what's that mean there there is a real listen to me it has nothing to do it's not anything we could point at we can't say the name is john or or uh, paul there's not a name it's a spirit and the spirit it desires to eliminate you being god's people you standing up in the midst of this generation and so that spirit desires to sift you as wheat, and, and that's what we're highlighting today. Now, Romans eleven nineteen 19 says, you say then, if the Jewish people were broken off so that we might be grafted, who is the chosen people today? Raise your hand. It's you and I. And all this book of Esther is the same exact thing that's happening in modern times. There's a spirit that wants to cut off our heads. Wants to dispossess us. He says, You will say, if the branches were broken off, that I might be grafted. Verse 20. If that already happened, well said, because of unbelief they were broken off. Because they did not walk in God's purpose, they were detached. They, they were separated. And you stand by faith. Do not be proud. Do not boast. Well, you know, I'm, a, I'm, I'm the people of God. I got, listen to me. There's, there is something coming against that. Bring seriousness into your life. Verse 21. For if God did not spare the natural branches, the original breed, the the product, the fruit, God says, I'm not going to walk in that indifference. You're not wanting to represent who I am and what I do upon this earth renders you not spared. He might not spare you either. Verse 22. Therefore, consider both that God is good. There's a lot of good things about being chosen and being beautified by the Spirit of God and being part of a family when you're an orphan, when you have attitudes of selfishness. It's, you remember the old saying, me against the world. No, it's not. It's it's the family of God. It's where you have been connected to a place of honor and dignity and respect and, and honor. It's a balance of good things and severity. Some of you have never had papau. Has anybody know what that means? You've never had spiritual papau. You have never had somebody saying, Why do you come when you feel like it? Why do you sit when you feel like it? Why do you sit where people don't want you to sit? This is you're not walking in the honor of the house. You're not walking in the in the in the, the priority. It says, <clears throat> these two things of God's goodness and God's severity on those who fell severity, but towards you that want to continue goodness, if you continue in goodness. Otherwise, you will be cut off. The, these things are never brought to the table in our generation. We have an announcement here. Yes, the time did change. They said The time has not changed. That time has not, but um, are you guys telling me I have more time or less time? I think less, right? Keep going, keep going. I'll tell you right because I changed this one. Yeah, I, I, I'm on the right time. I'm on the right time. I know I've run past. Listen to me. I just want you guys to put your noses into the mix because Queen, Queen Esther was like, oh, I'm so beautiful. I just won the beauty pageant. I smell like, listen to me. We have these little tykes like this, they're six now. You know what they're gonna look like at 16 when they haven't seen the Spirit of God? The, the honor of God. When they treat pastors like you're treating your pastor. Don't, don't expect your kids to want to be around the pastor when you consider them a plague. Oh, who's the guy He's driving down the street and his son says, hey dad, you just ran a stop sign thank god the pastor didn't see you and he goes "Ooh, wait a second no 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 you know something it's good that the pastor sees us because he's able to speak into our lives so he could correct us anything the pastor is not speaking into our lives we're orphans we're orphans the word orphan means without direction without It's just a wandering. It's a tumbleweed. It goes where the wind blows. No roots, no branches, no flowers, no fruit. There's nothing. God doesn't want this issue to reoccur. When Mordecai is placed in second place, he declares an all-out celebration. In chapter 10, the Bible says that he declared that there were to be a celebration every year and that in this celebration uh, the people of God would understand what transpired during this time what transpired during this time let's stand this morning there's there is we just scratched the surface a little bit there's a lot of stuff here if you're a man and think this book wasn't for you this morning repent you're the bride of christ and god desires you to reflect the glory of his honor to walk in in the the reality of i want to be ready at jesus coming i don't want to be you know i'm maneuvering manipulating to, in the background i'm doing all manner of things to ooh, i almost left um all manner of things to 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 the devil has you on his swing list right you're one of his swingers Guess what? Get off that. Come to your knees and repent and say, God, I don't want what I want. I want what you want. I want when you want. I want how you want. I want to participate in a manner that that honors your name and your legacy. Otherwise, we're gone. We're gone. The Bible says that these are shadows and types of substance and reality. Israel, Esther, they're just shadows. The reality is you and I, our attitudes, all these things. The Bible says that the king couldn't sleep one night, and he says, bring out the books of remembrance. And that's when everything that Mordecai had done was rewarded. Grab him with the horse and dress him with my garments and let all people see him. Not Haman, Mordecai. Because what you do in secret, God rewards you in public. Your private devotion is an outward reflection of God's favor and blessing on your life. Some people say, oh, pastor, I want to be like you. I said, you don't know what I do in secret. While you're cursing and when you're murmuring and gossiping, I'm saying, God, forgive them, bless them, prosper them. Loving my enemies, those people that come against me, I'm not developing that toxic waste that that embitters me and everybody around me. That's not the spirit of God. It's not the spirit of excellence. Father, thank you for this morning. Thank you that we could consider this celebration of Purim. And that it has practical application to our lives today. The spirit of God has been here in our midst. Has spoken to our hearts and ministered to us your word. Allow us to come into our season. Where your glory is manifest. Allow us to take our heads out of the clouds. And bring them down to reality that every issue is a life or death issue. It's not an opinion. It's not a preference. We desire to show forth we're not orphans. While there are many orphans in this world, we are not. We've been adopted by the Spirit of God. We walk as children of light. As sons in liberty because of what Christ has done. We're free to not be selfish to concern ourselves about the best interests of others. We pray that your Holy Spirit would continue to do that good work and prepare us for the coming of our Christ, that we do all things and desire all things that please the King. In Jesus' name we pray. The house of God says amen. Amen. God bless you. God bless you.